You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I am Grant Goldberg, joined by Spike Friedman. And Spike, we are transitioning to that three show a week, so we're gonna we're gonna really pack in the content in these next two shows. Uh, how are you preparing to do that? Uh, I've been practicing by packing and repacking my tent, my like camping tent, just to get used to getting a lot of tent into small places. There we go. That's what you got to do. You got to make sacrifices and you got to sacrifice your time in order to uh, pa- really pack in that tent. Uh, <laughs> we are going to run through some Seahawks news actually on this show. I know we, we went through the NFL wildcard weekend and talked a little bit about each game. But uh, we're back to being a Seahawks podcast, so hallelujah. Uh, I, I, I think that's what everybody listens to this show for, but I can't really put my finger on it. So we're, we're going to give everybody what they want. We're going we're gonna to talk about some Seahawks. So Spike, we're going we're gonna to get this kicked off. John Schneider is staying put. I think yeah. that's, that's very important. Yeah, there was an emotional roller coaster moment. John Schneider is from Wisconsin, came up with the Packers, was asked about joining or the Packers requested to have him interview for the GM position. We told them no, which is apparently not just like a legitimate move. Uh, NFL teams can deny other teams the right to interview people for what are lateral moves. You have to be promoting a guy in order to interview him. Uh, And so in this specific case, even though John Schneider does not have total personnel control because of Pete Carroll's role on the team, there's a similar oversight in Green Bay with the president there. So it's a, apparently it's less than lateral move. So we were able to deny that. Keep deny. John Schneider around, which is good. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they matumboed it. Yeah, and... exactly. It's a classic John Schneider matumbo. Right, and so to to celebrate I tweeted the shirtless pic of him wearing the uh championship belt because that's an all-time Seahawks photo. I'll go I'll be willing to say that. I'll stick my neck out yeah, saying that. Absolutely. Guys, it's good that Schneider's still around. I mean, he hasn't had the run over the last couple of years in the draft that he did in his first couple of years, but otherwise he's as good a GM as there is. So, it's good that he's around. I yeah, don't know. I, I mean, like even even that it was a down year this year, it would have been way worse without John Schneider because I don't, I don't think many GMs are capable of pulling off the moves that he pulled off just to allow this team to scrap and claw and fight to a nine and seven record. We mm-hmm. saw we saw the the acquisitions during the off season that they made and during the season that they made, and they came up huge. I mean. I don't think they were expecting to be this injury riddled throughout the whole season, and they were prepared for it. And when they weren't, they became prepared for it. Uh, so, I mean, like when you have a yeah. situation like Malik McDowell, where you're not expecting him to get in an ATV ac- ATV accident, and you go out and get Sheldon Richardson, and you go out and get Dwayne Brown when George Fant goes down for the year, and Riso Diambo proves that he can't play left tackle, yeah. and just and being prepared before the season with Bradley McDougald. So, John Schneider, a really good GM. 
I mean, it's been a down couple years to his standards, but you know, even in a down year, he pulled off some incredible moves. So, again, if you feel like tweeting the shirtless pic of John Schneider wearing a WWE belt, you know, go ahead and do that. Send it to at Grant Goldberg on Twitter or at Spike Friedman on Twitter or even at Lock Seahawks. Guys, I don't need that. He doesn't need that, but. You know, do it anyway because <laughs> you know we're we're gonna be sassy today. Uh, yeah, but as far as as far as John Schneider goes, you know, it's good that he's staying, and someone that could have potentially came to the Seahawks if Chris Richard left for Indianapolis. I mean, someone that they were familiar with was Ken Norton Jr. He was let go by the Raiders after a disappointing stint as their defensive coordinator. And uh, he was the name that we brought up on the show. So the the thing about Ken Norton is that he's off the market now. He was hired by the San Francisco 49ers as an assistant head coach and a defensive and inside linebackers coach. So, you know, I don't, I mean, I didn't really want Norton as you know, in a bigger role than a, in, than a positions coach. I don't know if you share the same feeling, Spike, but uh, he was really disappointing in Oakland. Yeah, I don't mind this. I don't mind Norton staying in the division. I mean, he is—he's fine. Uh, he was fine with the Seahawks. It's again—it's always tough to disentangle who's doing what with the Seahawks defense because of Pete Carroll's influence at the position. You can really tell who's doing what on offense because Pete is not as involved on an X's and O's level on the offensive play design. Um, but when it comes to the defense, you're talking about variations on a theme. And Chris Richard has been good. You know, Dan Quinn is probably the best of the defensive coordinators we've had under Carroll. I mean, we got to the Super Bowl twice. Gus Bradley was great. There's still talk of him potentially coming if um, if Richard gets hired elsewhere. Uh, it makes sense. He's out of contract with the Chargers. Chargers want him back, but if we could offer him his earlier role with the Seahawks, he can imagine him coming back here. So, you know, I, I don't mind Thornton going anywhere. I'm not worried about him having insider info either in that we have to play San Francisco twice a year. I'm more worried that we have to play San Francisco twice a year on the offensive side right. of the ball. Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garopp. Gucci Garopp? But, uh... I'm not doing that, man. Come it's, on, it's, have a little fun. I think it's that it's too early, man. It's too early to be calling Jim. We got to come up with a better name for Garoppolo. I don't know. I think that's a pretty great name, but uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling particularly boastful this morning because we kind of called our shot with. I mean, it's an easy shot to call with Gus Bradley potentially returning yeah. to Seattle. I think we were ahead of the pack with that. I think we were the only yep. Seahawks podcast to kind of drop that. So uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and give ourselves a pat on the back. I think we deserve it. And so when we finish patting ourselves on the back, we'll return with the rest of Locked on Seahawks. Hi, welcome back to the Locked on Seahawks podcast with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. And Spike, uh, something that usually happens this time of the year is the all-pro teams get released. And uh, I don't know how surprising it is for you, but the Seahawks only had three members be- between the, the two All-Pro teams, first team and second team. And Bobby Wagner was the sole Seahawk on first team All-Pro with Tyler Lockett as a returner and Earl Thomas getting second team honors. 
Uh, First off, does it surprise you that Tyler Lockett was named All-Pro? It did initially, uh, but then I looked at the stats, and it's just no one is good at kick returning anymore. Like, (laughs) there are no good kick returners in the league. I mean, we saw Farrell Cooper was first team, and then he literally cost the Rams a playoff game. I mean, just no... The the rule changes have neutralized kick returning without getting rid of the massive hits in the kick return game. So congratulations to Roger Goodell for a rule change that didn't help player safety but did ruin an explosive and fun part of football. Uh, Tyler Lockett, yeah, I mean, like, you look at the stats and you're like, man, he was better than other people. Other people didn't take it out of the end zone as much, but when he did, he was as successful, and he took it out more than other people. It just is, again, a testament to how bad an idea it is to take it out of the end zone ever that, that Tyler Lockett is doing as well as he theoretically can do right now. Yeah, I think that you know it, the rule change made it a lot tougher, obviously, for returners, but like returners want to return the ball. So if, if, if I was you know Tyler Lockett's size and I had his speed, you know, this is obviously a made-up scenario because, you know, <laughs> I'm close to a size maybe, but I have nowhere near the speed of Tyler Lockett. But if I, was in, if I was in that role and, you know, I was fielding kickoffs, I would want to take it out. But I, I realize, you know, it's, it's, you know, statistically a better play to just kneel, kneel it down. But, you know, it, it takes away the variance in the game. It takes away some of the, the just a fun part of the game, but it also... You know, when it, when a guy knees the ball down the end zone, it you know eliminates a potential injury in in, in the return. So, having said that, Bobby Wagner, first team All Pro, not surprising one bit. He was incredible yeah. all year. I'm running out of adjectives to call him because he was so great. I I feel like I could do better and I could just do more research to to find better things to call him. But uh, Bobby Wagner was so amazing. He was rightly named first team All Pro, and then Earl Thomas was named second team All Pro. Which I feel like whenever Earl Thomas steps on the field, he has the caliber of play to just automatically be be listed as a first or second team All Pro. But uh, was it was it a slight that that Earl was named second team, or was just the safety play that much better? Nope, uh, it was a bad decision. Uh, <laughs> it went it went on interceptions, uh, and it, yeah. and I believe it was Bill Barnwell did the tracking on the interceptions. That I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the guy. Kevin who, Guard. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he had eight this year, but like five of them were tips, and it's just like a well, lot like of them came t- from one game too. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it just it wasn't the right call. Earl deserved to be first team, and it was a really close vote. Uh, I mean. Yeah, he deserved to be first team. He was the best free safety in the league this year. There were a lot of very good strong safeties this right. year. I don't know if you were to put two I don't know if he was the second best safety in the league this year, but he was the best free safety in the league this year. Uh and should have been even though he missed two games and should have been uh rewarded with a first team all pro recognition. That said, getting on second team all pro is good. You know, it it speaks to the comeback that Earl made this year, the quality of play he put up. Uh, Bobby was clear first-team All-Pro choice. Russ fell off late. He didn't really have a case for second-team All-Pro. I know some people wanted him to, but I didn't see it by the end of the year. Uh, and yeah, yeah I mean... Especially when you look through the mind of a voter, too. 
Well, and even if you aren't, like, Russ wasn't great down the stretch. Team lost a bunch of games. He didn't play great. Oh, yeah, like, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm just no, saying no, it, yeah. it gets even tougher when, when the national narrative drives against him sometimes just because of his height. Like, just an example, because of his height or yeah. know, a few bad games. Yep. Okay, yeah. but but uh, I, I want to take the stage for a second. Uh, this is an issue that I feel very passionate about. And I kind of had an episode earlier in the year when the Pro Bowl rosters were announced. Nico Thorpe wasn't named to the Pro Bowl, and I had slight hopes that oh, you know, yeah, pe- people would people would just come to the senses and vote him for a first or second team All Pro. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen, and it's a shame. And I think it's because of the numbers of the whole Seattle Seahawks special teams unit that really cost him. Because Nico was insane this year he we saw an insane caliber of play uh something that definitely warranted all pro honors and you know i'm just wondering when is this nico thorpe disrespect gonna stop i think that this is this has been going on for far too long and you know it it just it needs to end i'm i'm very upset i'm this is i'm it's too early to be this upset yeah yeah i get it man i i'm with you nico was the best gunner but again, like you look at the Seahawks special teams as a whole and their overall poor performance is going to make it tough for a specialist because guys don't watch every special team snap in the league. You know, like it's just the rest of the team let Nico down is how I feel. Right. Yeah. He he really had to carry that unit on, on his shoulders. So, uh, Nico, if you're listening, you know, we we supported your all pro bid. We supported your pro bowl bid. And uh, another guy who was, you know, linked to the Pro Bowl actually this week was Doug Baldwin. He was announced to the roster of the Pro Bowl yeah. after Larry Fitzgerald pulled out to due to an injury, or air quotes injury. Um, yeah, I mean Doug deserves it. He was named as an alternate, and he's gonna be able to play in that game. Uh, it's not really noteworthy. It's kind of just the Pro Bowl. It's a, a fun thing, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I think I think the more entertaining thing is, like, the coverage leading up to the Pro Bowl where just everybody's hanging out in practice. I think they need to bring back that uh, skills challenge. I think they brought it back last year, but it's always a lot of fun just to see the guys, you know, have fun and, and in an environment where, you know, they they can't get hurt in an actual game. I mean, yeah, hopefully they don't. Yeah, I'm just, I think you, you never know. Right. You know, I don't I don't want Doug Baldwin taking too hard an interview because you never know when he could tear a ligament or something. Right. Yeah. Like, knock uh, on wood. Yeah, that's that's all we need to talk about for the whole <laughs> show. Uh, I think that's all it's warranted. But we'll tie up the rest of the show right after this. We are back, Locked on Seahawks. Spike Friedman here alongside Grant Goldberg, bringing you all the Seahawks news you need in a time when you do not need it. Uh, <laughs> and a quick update, Tom Cable still has his job. That's too bad. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Grant, I feel like there's some news inside the NFC West that we got to talk about, and we're talking about, I think, the weakest of the three Seahawks opponents looking forward in the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and it's it's funny having just watched them beat Seattle, but uh, yeah, when you look at that roster, it's already not that impressive. It's kind of old, and speaking of you know the age of the roster, Carson Palmer retired uh, over this week. And, you know, it brings speculation about, you know, 
quarterbacks to potentially come to Arizona. And a, a name that was brought up, I think a, a name that's popular amongst uh, NFL circles talking about trades, is Alex Smith. And I don't feel threatened by that at all. Uh, when you look at the whole roster, you have, you know, obviously no quarterback now. You still need a head coach. And uh, your defense is really your strong suit. Um, Larry Fitzgerald played another year. I mean, he's still Larry Fitzgerald, but, you know, it's another year of brutal NFL football to tack onto your body. Um, yeah. So, you know, the prospect of Alex Smith possibly coming over would, would not really scare me. Like I said, they still need a head coach. And they still need to see how David Johnson returns from injury because that's that's a tough injury to return from. Yeah, I I'm just so not worried by that. Although, although I mean, yeah, their run defense is really good. Buda Baker, they got some nice pieces on defense. I think that that's the question they have to answer: is are they going to be a Jaguars esque team that leans on their defense? And if so, that's a real challenge. They're going to have to have another great defensive draft to bring themselves up to that level. And they let some really good guys walk last year because of the way they're, you know, they haven't laid out their contracts in the best way. And then they don't have an answer at quarterback. And, you know, as settled as we are at quarterback, it's always anxiety provoking when you go four or five years without drafting a guy in the second, third round just to see what you can get. Now, mind you, the Cardinals have done that and they've gotten some real garbage, they've gotten some real hot, hot garbage uh, backing up. I mean, and I say that having lost to Drew Stanton, you know, the praise God Blair Walker, you know, humbling us before him. Or whatever. Like we shouldn't have lost that game. No. God, Blair Walsh. Blair oh. Walsh. And it, it's this funny because really, like I mean, like, I defended Blair Walsh, but man, 2017 truly will go down as the season of Blair frickin' Walsh. I like I like how you censored because I, I, I think that you weren't gonna lean that way and you just caught yourself. <laughs> so I appreciate that. It's less editing for me. You're but, very welcome, Grant. But um yeah, I mean Blair Walsh was was talked about last night during the college football national championship because uh, kickers decided to miss field goals, and I think he's the go-to for uh, comparing when you miss a field goal really bad uh, wide left. So yeah. yeah, congratulations Blair Walsh for for being talked about on the national stage last night. All right, so I think that does it for the show today. We hit the news, man. Yeah. We covered it. I mean, there wasn't much floating out. I, I mean, we, we kind of talk college football, but I don't like college football. Yeah, me neither. And I don't like, you know, who came to the game last night. And, uh, we <laughs> oh, can, and, God. He doesn't know the words to the National Anthem. Oh, I hate him. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry to make it political. <laughs> all he right. stays at the end of a Seahawks News episode in the offseason. Get ready for this every Tuesday for a couple months. All right, <laughs> all right. We're gonna we're the gonna... end of our the, no. I just want to be clear to anyone who's listening to the end of this episode. The end of our t- Tuesday episodes, like until the draft kicks in, are gonna get weird. Like it's gonna happen. Like what are we do? There's like we have to get weird. What else is we gonna do? Yeah, like there's no new news. Like we just recap like a whole week's worth of news in twenty <laughs> minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, go on iTunes if you like the show. Leave a five star review. Leave your Twitter handle in it. And you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge membership. If you uh, like to gamble, you can go on draft.com and play a quick draft. You know, it takes like three minutes. And if it's your first time, you can get your first draft free with the promo code LONFL. And so that does it with the promos that we have to say. 
And so I think now's a good time to sign off. So I'm Grant Goldberg for Lockdown Seahawks signing off. I'm Spike Friedman, also for Lockdown Seahawks, also signing off.